At Alina Health, we care about your health and wellness. Learn how Alina Health provides care that can benefit you in this edition of The Wellcast. Now here's your host, Melanie Cole. It can be pretty unpleasant to think of a time when a loved one or even you are very sick or injured. And because we can't plan for those unexpected moments, it's much more important to have a healthcare plan in place. My guest today is Dr. Sonia Karami. She's a family medicine physician and palliative care specialist with Alina Health. Welcome to the show, Dr. Karami. So what is advanced care planning? Thanks, Melanie. Um, well, I think of advanced care planning really as a process rather than an event, and it's a process um, that involves a discussion with um, your healthcare provider, your family, and and the patient. And it's a process of defining your goals, values, and hopes for not only your health but how you want to live your life and and um, how and what you want to see in your future as you age. This is a tough thing to do, as we said in the intro. It's a tough subject to bring up. What are the steps involved in advanced care planning, and how specifically do you bring it up to your loved ones? Well, I agree. It is a very hard thing to bring up. I've tried to get my parents to do it, and and I'm a specialist, and it's still been a challenge. Um, So I think, you know, it's just um, there's multiple ways you can do it, and I think just start out with a discussion. Often these discussions can be prompted by a health event that happens to someone close to you. That can be a good chance for, for you know, children to say to their aging parents, hey, Mom, if you were in this situation, what would you want, or what do you think about this? So that can often be a way to approach the subject in a manner that's more natural and feels less intimidating to our aging parents. Um, but it's a discussion, um, and your health care provider can help facilitate it um, with you in the office, um, you can also go to classes, but just starting the discussion about what what what's important to you as you age, what you would or wouldn't want if a certain health event happened, um, and then the final piece is just documenting that discussion. So I really think that the conversation is more important than the actual filling out of the of the form. So the types of questions that are the ones that are so difficult, and in, and there are some barriers to advanced care planning in that there's denial, and as you even say, your relatives and mine as well, you know, there are these barriers, they're in denial, they don't want to talk about it, it's not going to happen to them. So what types of questions should you be thinking about during these discussions? And you said keep track, you know, write down these questions and the answers so that you have them all. What are the questions? Well, I think the most important ones, if you had a, a big health event in which you were, you know, in the, for example, in the ICU um, requiring life-sustaining interventions like, you know, a ventilator or things like that, um, you know, what, what if, if you couldn't speak for yourself, what would you say? Because really, it's, it's, advanced care planning is a way of honor. I tell, when people don't want to talk about it, I tell them it's a way of always honoring your goals and wishes, even if you can't tell us what they are. Um, and sometimes I'll try to make light of it by saying it's like getting flood insurance. You hope that you never have to use it, but you're really happy when you do have it. Um, but it's a way of really being able to honor you, even if you can't communicate what you want. Um, and so specifically it'd be around, you know, if something very bad happened, um, and you, you needed kind of in- intensive life-sustaining treatments, um, is that something you would want to continue? Is that something that you'd want to be able to be allowed to die naturally, um, you know, those sorts of things are very important. Um, you know, and also things like if, 
you know, if, if the doctors are able to tell your loved ones or your decision makers that your life is, is not going to be anywhere near the same it was before this health event or this accident, is that a life that you'd want to continue to live or would you want to be allowed to, to die naturally rather than live in a, in a debilitated state or in, you know, dependent on machines to keep you alive, things like that. So and I think also, you know, how would it, it, if you think about those final days, and this is an important one, I feel because it's you're talking about would you rather be at home, and then organ donation is an important one, funeral arrangements. How do you bring though? I mean, how do you ask somebody what type of funeral would you like? Yeah, I mean, exactly. It is a hard thing, and that's why you know sometimes it's just not something that's going to be an easy conversation that's going to happen between children and their parents or you know, the patient, whoever their health care agent would be. And in those situations, you know, we Alina, for example, has classes that you can come to, and it makes it a little bit less serious. Like, okay, I'm just, you know, it's like filling out a, a will where you, you know, people don't seem to have a problem filling out wills as far as, like, if something happened, who would get my house and things like that. Um, but when it comes to their health, obviously, it makes, it makes them a lot more nervous. But being able to just go to a class and say, you know, here's a bunch of other healthy people. We're all going to go through it, fill out this form together, can make some of the decisions um, some easier to do um, and make that process seem um, less morbid. Um, so, but otherwise, you know, it's also something that your doctor should be bringing up as well because patients don't want to bring it up. And so, um, you know, your, your primary care physician, your oncologist, um, the ICU doctor is also, they should be bringing it up as well because it is a hard thing for for children to, to to talk about their to their parents with. Um, but, yeah, I agree it's important to be able to document things like, you know, if you have, especially with our cancer patients, you know, one of the things I always ask them is, you know, if you know your time is limited, which, I'm, you know, if it unfortunately is going to be limited, how do you want to spend it? Do you want to be home? Do you want to be in the ICU? Um, and then after, after you're gone, how do we want to honor you? For a lot of people, organ donation is is one way of being able to, to to honor their loved one and can provide a lot of comfort to families when they've, when they've lost a loved one. Um, so those things are very important, and it's, a lot of it's just the language that you use in, in approaching these topics. Dr. Karami, when you're picking your agent, because you mentioned picking your agent, and I'd also like to ask you how long these directives last, but when you're picking your agent, suppose you're you're the one who's making your advanced care planning and you have more than one child. How do you decide who's the toughest? Who's going to be able to make those tough decisions or not be over-emotional about it? Because that's going to be important as to who you pick to make these decisions for you. Yeah, you're exactly right, Melanie. And um, often I'll have patients say, well, all my children know what I want, and they can just make a decision together. And I love the idea behind that because, you know, you know, family is important as a unit. Um, but, you know, what I usually say is it's, it's going to be a lot easier on your children if you just pick one. And obviously you hope that that health agent kind of looks to the rest of them and makes a decision that everyone feels good about. But it is easier if there's just one. And I always say, you know, who – which of your children or whoever you want for your health care agent, it's often children, you know, is, is going to be the best under stress um, and, most importantly, maybe the least emotional because when, when you're sick, when your parents are sick or your loved ones are sick, it's very hard not to be emotional and it's so hard um, to make decisions in that state. So thinking about which of your children is going to be able to kind of step back, kind of look at the big picture 
and make a decision. And more importantly, make a decision that's based on what they think you would want and, and not what they would want. Because none of us want to lose our parents. And so it's really hard to separate. As healthcare agents, one of the hardest things to do is separate what you want and what you think your loved one would want. And that's a hard thing to do. So thinking about the child that you feel like would be best able to do that. That's a great point um, to make sure that it's what, you know, your your loved one wants and not what you yourself, based on emotions, want. Give us some resources, Dr. Karamie, for additional information about advanced care planning. So, and in quick response, so your health care directive is, doesn't expire. It's something that is, you know, lasts as long as it's there, but you can change it at any time. Um, as far as resources, you know, through the line of health, we have trained facilitators that will meet with you, like I talked about, either one-on-one or as part of classes. Um, you can also go to the Alina website, alinahealth.org slash ACP, which stands for Advanced Care Planning. Um, something you can talk to your primary care provider about. If you Google Advanced Care Planning, there's a lot of different good sites like Honoring Choices. Um, so there's a lot of great resources out there. It's just a matter of asking for them. So you can get some free classes at alinahealth.org slash ACP, mm-hmm. or you can call 612-262-2224 to register for the free classes to help set up advanced care planning directives. And in just the last minute or so, Dr. Karami, tell us why listeners should come to Alina Health for their primary care. Well, I think Alina is very patient-centered. I think when whenever you're looking to get a good health healthcare outcome, whether it's for a minor illness or something significant. Um, it's really about having two experts involved, having the medical provider who's an expert on the medicine, um, and then the patient themselves is an expert on, on their goals and their values. And when you combine these two things, you're going to get the best outcome for your health. And I think Alina really values that process and really looks at the patients um, as experts themselves. That's such great information. You're listening to The Wellcast by Alina Health. And for more information, you can go to alinahealth.org. That's alinahealth.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.